Hello, this is CA. You are listening to Corsair Adrift, the podcast about mental illness and navigating the treacherous waters that mental illness brings. What I want to talk about today is a bit about my own background with mental illness, the specific ones that I have, and I want to talk a little bit about the stigma of mental illness and how harmful it actually is. So I want to start off by talking about my own mental illnesses. When I was a kid, I had obsessive-compulsive disorder and ADHD, inattentive type, and those continued into adulthood. Uh, Both of them went completely unchecked until uh, quite recently, actually. When I got to be a bit older, and a few things started to, to start clicking... Uh, from my past. I ended up with depression, a panic disorder, those hit in college, that was fun. And I really realized then that I also had borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. So that is a whopping six right there. That's That's me. It's been a lot to digest. It's been a lot, a lot of research on my end. I didn't really get a whole lot of information from a lot of the psychiatrists that I've seen. Um, Certain psychologists have been very helpful in helping me understand what I have and giving me coping mechanisms to just get through the day. But it's been hard. It's been extremely difficult. I've attempted suicide um, a few times. I've been in the hospital a few times for it. Um, I was suicidal for maybe about four years straight. Uh, It wasn't the best part of my life. I could (laughs) easily say that. A lot of stuff happened in that period that I was just unable to engage with. I was in college during that time, and I wasn't able to go to class because the medication I was taking was uh, making me oversleep to obscene degrees and actually made my depression worse. But we'll talk about medication at a different time. And oh boy, that will be a fun topic. But now currently, I'm really intensely getting help. I haven't been suicidal for a few years at least. So that's that's a pretty big... That's a pretty big hurrah, in my opinion. I lived without any sort of semblance of what the future is. I lived thinking there wouldn't be a tomorrow because I'd end it before that came. That's no way to fucking live. That's really no way to live. If you know anybody like that right now, reach out to them. Tell them that you're there. Tell them if there is any reason not to kill yourself, it's this. It's because I want you here. I want you in this life. Tell them that. Reach out to them. They need to hear it. Because what their brain is doing 
what a suicidal brain is doing is it's poisoned. It's honestly, it's poisoned. The brain is self-sabotaging at that point. What it does is it tells, it tells the person that they're unwanted, that they're unloved, that their friends are going to leave them, that it doesn't matter anymore, that, well, you don't have energy to, to go to class, so why even bother? Any, any sort of, of combination of those thoughts, or, or many others. But don't, don't ignore a suicidal person if there is someone like that in your life, or if that's you. It, it does get better. It really does. It does get better. Right now, I'm out of college. I don't know how I graduated, to be honest. <laughs> I missed so much class, and I wasn't able to engage with so much. But I did it. I graduated. I'm, I'm alive. I'm going to have a birthday somewhat soon. Well, not like super soon, but somewhat soon. And I'll be alive for it. <laughs> it's crazy. I never thought that would happen. Uh, I'm seeing a therapist every week. I see my psychiatrist every month or so. Um, not all of my problems, not all of my mental illnesses are in check. But there has been a huge, huge amount of progress made just in the past six months that I can owe to therapy, to my therapist, and to my own research and dedication towards these topics. Because when you're dealing with all sorts of different comorbidities and symptoms that overlap, there's really not one clear answer to what you have to do and what's causing these things. And so you really have to just put your nose to the grindstone and just research. And when you're horrifically depressed, that's maybe not something you can do. But you'll get to a point where you'll be able to again. And this leads me into something I also wanted to talk about, which is stigma. And the harm of stigma in the mental health community, outside of the mental health community, actually, and in the medical field. And also, even in the, the diagnostic book itself, the DSM-5, there's a lot of harmful stigma that you, you probably have heard. One of them is that only people who have been in the war can have PTSD. And who boy! I can't tell you how wrong that is. Okay, I will, and I'm going to. PTSD kills. And we're never going to... to reduce the number of unnecessary deaths if we're not going to openly admit and have dialogues about what's actually causing PTSD. To deny most of the reason people have PTSD is one of the stigmas, and it is incredibly harmful because then people who have it don't think they have it. They gaslight themselves into believing that they don't have this horrible mental illness. And then they don't get help. PTSD manifests in a lot of different ways for everybody. It's, it is, and like many other mental illnesses, it's very much based on the individual and their own experiences. 
I've seen PTSD manifest in certain people. For instance, with one person with uncontrollable rage, just zero to 60 at the, at the drop of a hat, there's just rage, things you couldn't even expect. In another person, I've seen it manifest in them becoming a compulsive liar. And it's all in an effort to regain control in some way. My own PTSD manifests in hypervigilance and constant fear. I'm always, always on the alert, always on edge, uh, waiting for something terrible to happen again. And when that happens, symptoms like having panic attacks, hyperventilating, shaking, dissociation, all of these things occur or can occur. And what stigma does is it tells me, well, you haven't been in a war, so clearly you don't have PTSD. And what that does is it stops people from believing their own difficulties that they're going through, and it gaslights people into saying, well, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I'm actually just whining. I can't possibly be mentally ill because I'm not a vicious, violent psychopath that everyone seems to say mentally ill people are. So that can't be me, right? See, then people don't get help. And then they might kill themselves. This, this isn't a game. Stigma really does kill people. And we need to be aware of when that's being spread so that we can stop it. And then we could save some lives. And really, that's worth it. At least to me. And it should be for you too. And for everyone. So let's work to stop the misinformation of, of mental illnesses, including PTSD. And really, you probably know a lot of people who have at least one mental illness. But maybe you never even knew about it. That's why mental illness is called invisible, an invisible illness. It's because people can't see it. People could think that you're faking when honestly you're just trying everything in your power to just not kill yourself. Or people could think that you're just lazy when all you're trying to do is fight your brain to, to get up and to eat something for the first time in two days. So, uh, stigma? Yeah, kind of sucks. So if you see people spreading around misinformation or demonizing people with mental illnesses, speak up. The only way the misinformation that stigma brings will go away is if it's actively challenged. And it's going to take a while, and it's going to be a lot of work. But in the end, saving some lives? Yeah, it'll be worth it. Thank you for listening to me talk about my own personal mental illnesses and just a little bit of my background with them along with the dangers of stigma. Remember to take care of yourselves and to take care of each other. And I hope to see you next time.